Well, Father, we thank you for what you've done already during worship. We thank you for that awesome time in your presence, Father God. Now, Lord, as we're open to receive, Lord, I thank you for this morning that we receive your word, Father, that we open our hearts, our spirit, our mind for everything you have for us today. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We want to draw even closer to you. Lord, let our life be a testimony unto you, Father God. Be lifted high in our life, in everything that we do, Father. God, we honor you and we love you. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. I wanted to minister down here today. So um, no rhyme or reason, but just felt like that's what I wanted to do. So um, yeah, this morning, I just really want to share. I was seeking the Lord during the week. And um, it's interesting because I I come across an article uh, in the news and uh, they have actually got cameras and they said they're shaming out and spotting people who walk their dogs and don't pick up their poo. Yay, and all the joggers and the walkers are like, yay, thank you, Jesus. And so they've got a picture of this lady sort of grayed out a little bit and her dog. And I'm thinking if you knew that era knew, you knew who she was, know who she was. But I'm just thinking, I was thinking about and thought, there's cameras everywhere now. Come on. There's people being caught doing all sorts of stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Come on. They shouldn't be doing them. But they're being caught out and shamed, losing jobs, losing position being disgraced from life because they've been seen or someone's caught them. And you know what? The Lord reminded me, everything that is covered will be uncovered. Come on. Everything that is covered will be uncovered. God is a just God. Come on. He wants that. And you know what I thought about as Christians? I thought we have an eye, a camera, continually on us. Come on. The Lord says he watches us. He looks at, so it's no use trying to pretend, oh, well, no one's going to see what I'm really like. You know what? It doesn't matter if man doesn't see what you're really like because it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Come on. It matters what God sees. Come on. And sometimes man might see you and perceive you a certain way and you're not like that because it matters what God sees. God knows your heart. He knows your intent. He knows everything. So as Christians, we can't hide anything. Come on. So it's no use trying to fool yourself. You might be able to come to church on Sunday, put on your nice Christian ease, your nice face, everything, and then you go home. Come on. God's sees everything and really that's hypocritical just be who you are at church who you are at home come on be be who you are be who you are who God's called you to be warts and all we're all a work in progress come on we're all at different levels and you might be with people who are of this level but there might have been a Christian longer than you or been around but the thing is they're the people we hang around to be like come on how did you get like that it's no use being what I, I've seen a lot of the time is a lot of families children who backslide is because they're one way as a Christian in a church and at home they're hypocritical that is the worst thing you can do for your children come on because then they see God as well is this something we pretend come on is it like Santa Claus do we just pretend that's why we never told our kids that Santa Claus was real or the well number one my husband said no fat man's getting the credit for his money come on (laughs) 
No fat man in the red suit. That was his number one reason. No fat man in the red suit's getting the credit for his hard-earned money. Come on, he's like, I work hard. I buy these gifts to my children, not him. But the other thing was, we wondered that then when the kids found out that Santa Claus wasn't real, we let him believe in it, go see him. But we told him he wasn't real. We told him the story of Christmas, what it was, and then the real meaning of Christmas, because we never want them to get to a point that then they suddenly think, well, is God real too? Come on, if you lied about the Easter Bunny, you lied about Santa Claus, are you lying about God? Come on, Tooth Fairy, all those things. Come on. And people are like, why? No, no, I want my children to know the truth. Come on. And that's what I say to people is not, don't be hypocritical. Come on. We're a work in progress. If you're struggling, then let people know. Let them know I'm struggling. I need help. Come on. I want to be better. Hang around with people. Don't withdraw from good people or from church and hang around with the people that are bad or doing the wrong things because you'll never get better. Come on, and know that every one of us have been in the place of most, not maybe the same exact thing, but we've all been in a place of growing and struggling, overcoming sin, come on, overcoming weaknesses, overcoming things, temper or whatever, overcoming moodiness, whatever it is. But God will heal us. Come on, he heals you. He makes you better. You know, even with everything covered, the Lord began to show me, even murders that were done 30-something, 40 years ago, They're getting caught now because of DNA. Even DNA. Interesting thing about DNA. Come on. People are finding out that their dad is not their dad. (laughs) I mean, there's a sad side, but God's uncovering everything. All the science and technology and the way, you know, even in my own life, because those of you don't, I don't really know a lot about my background. I know one side of my family. I don't know the other. Okay. So, we had no clue. My mum thought we were Italian, and so I thought I was a quarter Italian. Tell everybody, quarter Italian. Sarah liked that part. That's why we like pasta. We talk with our hands, you know, because we're a quarter Italian. So I got DNA done this year. And so my, Greg's come back. It was exactly as we thought, German, Scottish, all what we thought he was. It was. Mine come back and we were waiting to hear mine because I knew one half that I'm Irish, Ryan, I knew that I was Irish. But this other side, the Italian side, we called her Italian. So we, yeah, the pasta, we love the pasta in our house. And so it comes back, my DNA, get to zero Italian. Zero. Zero is a nothing and not a one bit of Italian in my family. Not one bit. Zero. But you know, the incredible thing is, I'm 20% Jewish. Come on. 20% Jewish. It was, I was gobsmacked. But you know, the interesting thing is, I always say, some of you might have heard this, but our biggest thing is, is that I never pay full price, okay? I, or I'm anointed for bargains. We get bargains. We've claimed that anointing. We've pulled it down for bargains. And so I always used to, this was my way. I said to people, well, I'm a descendant of Jesus. Jesus was a Jew. Jews never pay full price. So that was my reasoning is why I always get bargains because I'm, Jew, what term? Turns out, see, I've created my world. Greg reckons I spoke that 20% in. (laughs) I created my world. Come on. I spoke 20% Jewish into my DNA. But you know what? The Jews say that Jews never pay full price. That's why God created the Gentiles. Because someone has to pay full price. (laughs) 
Incredible. So DNA, everything, murders, parent, things are being revealed. And, and you know that we're in the last days and God says everything that was be covered will be uncovered. So to me, and it's a time if you look at the church, anybody felt like God's been dealing with their character more than ever these days? Yeah. One. Well, if he hasn't, then get ready. If you didn't put your hand up, you're a liar or you're blinded or... <laughs> But look out, you're in for trouble, okay? God's dealing with us. Why? Because he wants us to be a people that he can be proud of. Come on. He wants us to be a people that we are going to be alive. That we're, there's been so much of this two-faced and that people saying this and doing this, but there's something else. That's why God's uncovered all the things in the church. Come on, it's not that he wants, you know, it's sad that it happens, but there's a season now where God is uncovering everything. So if you're hiding things, you better deal with them, okay? God is grace, there's grace. And a lot of people speak about grace. There is the grace of God, but it does run out, okay? And I don't want to know if this is my week, my month for it to run out. There's a time where it runs out. And see, that's where it can be scary as a Christian because you think, well, I'm still being blessed. Um, You know, no one knows. I'm getting away with it. Come on. We think that, but in the meantime, God's nudging you. Come on. He's talking to you in your prayer life. He's talking to someone close to you. Come on. Or you nearly get caught or something like that. That's God prompting you. Come on, deal with this. I don't want this thing in your life. I want you to be who I've called you to be. Come on. He is a just God, but he talks about doing what is just and right. God wants us to do what is just and right. He doesn't want us to go, wow, listen to that rain. Awesome. Awesome. Pouring out. Come on. He wants us to do what is just and right. But the interesting thing is, when we do what is just and right, there's benefits. Come on. God gives you so much benefit. He wants you to get better. Come on. He wants you to do better. And it says in Genesis 18 verse 19, for I have chosen him. God's chosen you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God chose you. That he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised it. Now let's think about that. God chose you. Come on. You might think, oh, well, I just happened to stumble across. No, no, God chose you. And you're blessed that he chose you. Come on, we're blessed. We've got to sometimes remember what we've been saved from, that God chose us. Come on, he chose you. And you'll realize that even more when it comes to eternity. He chose you, but he expects you to do what is just and right. Come on, he expects us. What does he say? That we'll direct our children and our household, that we'll keep the way of the Lord by what? Doing what is just and right. And the Lord says, when we do what is just and right, he'll do what he promised for you. Amen. Come on. That's the awesomeness of God. It's not that he just is a mean, horrible, bad God that he's up there all the time beating you up, saying you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. No, he is a just God. Come on. He's a just God and he wants us to do what is right. And if we do what is right, he promises that he'll bless us. Come on. It's our responsibility to direct our households. It's our responsibility to direct our children. Deuteronomy 12, 28 says this, be careful, come on, 
be careful to obey all these regulations I'm giving you so that it may always go well with you. See, God just, like I said, he doesn't just give us all these directions because he wants to be this mean, no fun, not allowed to do anything type of guy. Come on. He's not like that. He says, I'm giving you these ways. Why? I've told you to do what is just and right. Why? So that it'll go well for you. If we do what is just and right, it goes well for us. Come on, if you have a look at people that are in strife and in trouble, come on, people that are there, it's because they're not doing what is just and right. If we do what is just and right, it says it'll go well for us. If you're not doing what is just and right, if you're not living according to the word of God, it's not being perfect. Come on. It's not being perfect. We're being perfected. But God would be, is dealing with things in our life. He's continually dealing. Putting, he wants us to get rid of things. He wants us to be perfected. But he tells us, listen, if you do what is just and right, then it'll go well with you. Come on, that's awesome. That's enough just to do what is right. It says, after this, it says, not only will it go well with you, but your children after you. Come on, God's a generational God. Your children and your children's children so that it'll go well with not just you. When you do what is just and right, then it'll go well with your children and your children's children. And many of you will know, uh, being here part of our church, we stood in the gap to break off the generational things and part of the reason why we had to fight hard so now it will go well with our children and our children's children. God just doesn't want you just to do what is just and right because, oh, well, I just want you to be like this. No, because he knows it's the best way to live. The best way to live is according to God's way. Things go well with you. All the people I know that things go well with. Now, it doesn't mean they don't go through stuff. Come on. We've got giants we have to defeat. There's gates we have to take. There's positions we have to go into and you've got to fight for that. But like I've shared before, when you're fighting for that, you still have a peace. Come on. Things are still going well with you. Yes, you're in a battle. It might be tough. The enemy might be all around trying to oppose you from going in and doing things, but it's still going well with you. Come on. There's still a peace inside of you. And then it goes on to your children and your children's children. It says, because you'll be doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. Come on, that should be enough for all of us that, Lord, I want to do what is right in your eyes. Lord, I want to live a life according to your word. Come on, Lord, I want you to be lifted high in my life. So if you want God to be lifted high in your life, then you've got to do what is right. You know, God hasn't given us guidance and commands in the Bible as suggestions. Come on, they're not suggestions. If we find anywhere where the Lord says, well, I suggest that you do what is right. I suggest that you do this. There's no suggestions in the Bible. Come on. That's the good thing about the Word of God. It's black and it's white. Do this and you'll get this. Do this and this will happen. Come on. It's clear. The Bible's not suggestion. It's a manual for living. Come on. It's a guidance for living. If you want things to go well in your life, if you want things to go well with your children's children, then you have to do what is just and right. God set out things for us to do. 
commands. He told us what would be right. And he gives us promises. It says in Exodus 15, 26, like I said, he doesn't just give you a whole list of regulations like a sergeant major. You've got to live like this, do like this, never do this. Come on, never do that. It's going to be a boring life. You're just going to be regimented. No, no. He wants us to deal with stuff because then he says, I've got great things for you. Exodus 15, 26, he says this. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God. Now, some of us can do that. We listen carefully to God. But then he says this, and do what is right in his eyes. See, that's where we're We've got to do what is right in his eyes, not in our eyes, not in man's eyes. Come on, we're going to do what is right in his eyes. And it says, and if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Come on, it's a promise of God if we do what is just and right. In 1 Kings 11 verse 38, he says this, If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and my commands, as David, my servant, did, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Come on. I'll build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built David and I will give Israel to you. Come on. That's some sort of promise there. What some of us, we're asking God for stuff. Come on. We're believing God. We're pressing in. But we've got things in our life that are just not right. Come on, God can't go against his own commands. Come on, he can't go against his own laws. He can't bless you and do things in your life if you're not living according to his word. Come on, if you want everything, who wants everything to go well with their life? We should all have a hand up for that. If you haven't, well, gosh. Come on, we want everything. And God wants it to go well with you. He wants you to be blessed. The interesting thing is the more you learn how to deal with stuff, the more you deal with the lusts of the flesh, the more you deal with the lies or whatever it is that's in your life, the easier it becomes, the better person you become. And then those things. So you see, the Bible says, resist the devil until what? He flees. What I found, he doesn't flee the first time. Come on. He doesn't flee. Anyone else found that? He doesn't. Or you get all pumped up. You're really feeling pumped. You're like, devil, you're going to get out of here. I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. You've got to go. You've got to leave. Come on. He might go with them, but he comes back and God says that we resist him until he flees, until he flees, until he flees. And then there becomes a day when you get victory in that area of your life. Come on. But the good thing is when you get victory, then you can bring that victory to others. Go on, teach them. Hezekiah, is, I'm going to read about him in Second Chronicles 31 verse 20. It says this. This is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah, doing what is good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple, in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked what? Wholeheartedly. And what to say then? And so he prospered. Come on, and so he prospered. When we work wholeheartedly, come on, when we do everything what is just and right before our God, we prosper. 
We prosper. Come on, we prosper. So you've got to fight off that sin. Come on, you've got to deal with it. You've got to resist the devil in the areas that you're weak in. Come on, you've got to resist him. You've got to go strong in those areas. Why? Because you will prosper. Come on, things will begin to do well with you. Amen. Sorry, I didn't get my scriptures to you guys this week. But everybody can look in their Bible. It's good to read it anyway. Come on. We should always seek to do what is faithful and what is good. What? He did it before God. Hezekiah did it before God. We can pretend to do everything good and nice before man and before people. But like I said, who are we kidding? There's that one big camera. Come on. God's the inventor of the camera. It's with you everywhere. Come on. The eye of the Lord is on the sparrow. If it's on the sparrow, then how much more is it on us? God is watching us. He is with us. Come on. He loves us. He's not with us just to be a big bad man. Come on. Because he loves you. He knows your potential. He knows what he's mapped out for you. Come on. He's got great things. That's what prophecy's about. That's why we love prophecy. Prophecy. Prophecy is your future. Come on. It's your potential. It's what God's spoken to you. But you can have great prophecies if you don't live a life according to the Lord. They won't come to pass. This is what God says. This is what I've got for you. Come on. But you've got to live a life according to him. You've got to do what he's asked you to do for those things to come to pass. He says that because he knows this is what I've got for you. But I can't give you that while you've got that character flaw. I can't give you that when you're not living what is just and right because we're in a season right now where God says everything that is covered will be uncovered. So it doesn't matter if you try hide it, it's going to come out anyway. So better off to deal with it. Come on, deal with it and get on with our future. Come on, walk in everything. I'd rather, you know what God, he says, if we'll deal with it when he's promised, there's a grace there for that. You deal with it. You get help. Come on. And then God heals you and you can walk in your your anointing and what God's called you to do. But if you just keep ignoring it and keep giving in, it gets worse. Come on, the fluster, the flesh get worse. The temptations get worse. And then what happens? For your own good, God has to uncover it because they're his laws. He won't go against his own Lord. So better just to fall on your knees. Come on and fall at God and say, help me. Ask someone that you know who's further than you in the journey, who you know maybe he's broken through in that area. Ask him to help you, to be there for you. He's a just and a faithful God. Come on. Seek the Lord and work wholeheartedly and he'll prosper us. You know, God has no favorites. It says in Acts 10, verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Come on, he doesn't show favoritism. He loves all of us. Come on, he loves all of us. But he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Okay, he doesn't show favoritism, but... He accepts from, come on, and he blesses those that are doing what is just and what is right. So you might look at someone and think, well, God's favoring them. He's blessing them. Why do I, they always get blessed and I don't? Why? Because they're doing what is just and right. And you can get that. Come on. He's not just looking and saying, well, gee, over here, um, Pastor Sandy and Thomas, they're, they're good people. They come to church. They bless, they're there for people. Come on. They do this. They're just wonderful people. Come on. Come on. 
And they're being blessed. God blesses them. You look at them and think, oh, well, that's just because of them. He'd never do that. No, no, he doesn't show favoritism. They've had to walk through stuff. Come on. They've had to deal with stuff. We've all had to. God doesn't show favoritism. If you see someone else is being blessed and think, I want a life like that. I want to walk in that blessing. Come on, don't be jealous. Jealousy, as I said, is spelled. The last part of it is lousy. If you're jealous, you'll feel lousy. Come on. You end up feeling lousy when you're jealous of people. Don't be jealous of them. Come on. Jealousy. The last part is lousy. Come on. You will feel lousy. Get around those people. How did you do it? How did you break through? Come on. Because God shows. It says in his word. You know what? I think Peter finally realizes because we know that amongst the disciples, there was a lot of jealousy. I'm the favorite. No, I am. I, come on. God's picking me. I'm going to do. Come on. We know that they, the apostles and the disciples, all that, there was jealousy amongst them. But Peter's come to a point. He's realized in his life, he's come to maturity and he's realized that God God does not show favoritism. He is there with the one who fears him and does what is right. Amen. Do not seek for revenge or to repay evil for evil. You will not be blessed. Romans 12 verse 17 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God, for his wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. You know, I learned this scripture very early in our ministry when we took over from a ministry that had fallen, and there was a particular pastor who had it in for us. He'd never met us, didn't know us, but he was speaking all these things out. He was saying to people that the ministry's not going to last. It's tainted. It's never going to last. Our marriage is going to fail. Our kids are going to fail. Our kids are all going to end up wayward. Come on. He's speaking this out. He was going into churches that were having us come to speak and ringing them up and saying, you don't need to have them. They're tainted. Come on. You'll end up with poison in your church. And, and he's saying it's a bad ministry. And I was mad really mad. The first time it's like, oh, well, you know, he's titled his opinion. But when it repeatedly, come on, and in the office, come on, we're trying to build team morale amongst our, our leaders and, and continually they're hearing things back. Come on, this is what he's done. We're hearing our hearts are getting discouraged. Come on. And I'm like, how dare he? He doesn't even know us. Come on, he's never met me. He's never had a conversation with us. He's never met our children. Come on, he knows nothing about our family. He knows nothing. And see, at this time, it's not you thinking he should be supporting us. Come on, he should be uplifting, not walking around. Safe. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm going to call him. He's going to get what for? And my husband goes, I don't think you should do that. Come on, wisdom, husband and wife, wisdom. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm just, the seam's coming out. This man's going to get everything, okay? He's going to get everything. I've had enough of this. But the interesting thing is, I did have wisdom and I prayed. Come on. See, you never, ever deal with things out of your emotions. That's what I love about David. When David come back from Ziglag and all his family was gone, all his possessions were gone, it says, what did he do? He wept. 
He wept until he could weep no more. Then he strengthened himself in God. Come on, these are keys. He strengthened himself. He most probably worshipped. He spoke scripture. He did whatever he needed to do. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And then it says, then he inquired of God. See, you never, ever go and inquire of God when you're all emotional. Come on, when you're angry or you're sad or you're mad, whatever's going on. We deal with our emotions first and then we seek the Lord. And then the Lord gave me this scripture, vengeance is mine. Really, God? Really? I don't know if you can do it as good as me, God. (laughs) Come on, that's how I felt. I just don't think you can give this man an earful like I can give him. Come on. God's vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. And then I made the mistake of telling Barb and Greg, and they're like, you can't say anything. (laughs) Every time I got mad, you can't say anything. Vengeance is mine. So I had to then let it go. Come on. Because you see, when God, that's why God tells us to pray for our enemies, because when God unleashes his vengeance on somebody, you'll be praying for them. Now, I want to tell you, this particular pastor, his family is absolute mess. The worst possible things that could happen happened to this man's life and his family. Come on. You can't. There's laws of God. You can't go around doing things. And the good thing is, it dealt with something in me. Come on. It learned me to trust God, not to just lash out with my emotions and my anger and what I'm feeling. It, it helped me to learn to trust the Lord. And when things aren't going, when people are speaking, you know, there's always going to be people who'll speak bad of you. There's always going to be people who are going to speak. But you know, you could do everything for somebody. And usually the people you do everything for are the ones that speak bad of you. Come on, and that's where it makes it hard because you pour out your life into somebody. You bless them, you're there for them, you do everything possible and then they say, oh, they never did anything for me. It's like, what more could you have done for that person? So it helps you to learn, okay, God, I give it to you. Come on, knowing that God is big enough to take care of things. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up and their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Come on. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Come on, put a guard. This is a season now where we have to be people that lift up. Come on, that lift up. That do not tear down. That not pull people down. Come on, lift people up. Speak good of them. If you're friends with people, don't let other people speak good of your friends. Come on. Don't let other people speak. If you belong to this house, don't listen to other people speaking bad things. Come on. My honor is attached to this house. My honor is attached to God. My honor is attached to Dr. Bill Hammond. If I hear anyone speaking bad about him, well, then I'm going to defend him because I know him personally. You know, people usually only pull down when their own life has just got nothing in it. Come on. They're mad. They're hurt. God says, do not let any wholesome, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. The Lord rewards us. First Samuel 26, 23, it says this. The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. Come on, the Lord rewards everyone for what? 
righteousness and faithfulness. But you know what? Sometimes I've found you just got to keep being faithful. Come on, you got to keep doing what is right. Sometimes it just doesn't seem fair. Come on, it doesn't seem fair. You're doing what is right. Come on, you're doing what is proper. And then you look at someone else and it seems like that they're doing so good, but you know them and you're looking and thinking their life is like this. God, why are you blessing them? Why is this happening? I want to share a test. What happened is, we were leading a group of business people. We encourage, it was four in the group. We're encouraging all these people. As business people, you want to have a business of God. You want him to bless you. You've got to do what is just and what is right. You've got to trust the Lord. You've got to believe what he said. We trained them. We mentored them and everything. And so this one couple just had had enough. You know, the sad thing is they were so close to breakthrough. And they just had enough. It's like, we're not doing it God's way anymore. We're doing it our way. We're giving up on church. We're giving up on God. We're just walking away. So what happens? They do this. Two weeks later, they get a massive inheritance. They get all this money. Come on, all this stuff happens in their life and all this good. And I was just like, God. How are we supposed to go back to the other three couples? It's like this couple are not doing what is right. They've turned their back on you. Come on. They've walked away from you. And yet they're doing so well. And I'm like, how am I going to encourage these guys? They're doing what's right. Come on. And they're not prospering. They're struggling right now. And then the Lord showed me. I said, God, you've got to give me an answer. You've got to show me, come on, when you're going through something that's not doesn't seem right, doesn't make sense, you just ask the Lord. Lord, show me. Come on, seek out his word. Pray, and he will show you. And then the Lord reminded me when Jesus was tempted. Come on, Satan said to Jesus, he said, listen, he showed him all the kingdoms of the earth, all the glory and everything in it. And he said to him, if you will bow down and worship me, I'll give it all to you. But see, Jesus knew, get out of here, devil, it already belongs to me. Come on, you're just temporary sitting in a place that you shouldn't be sitting in. The only reason that Satan has everything that he has is because we as the church haven't done our job. God told us to take dominion. Come on, to take dominion, to rule and to reign. He's fighting us now in every arena. Come on, as our rights as Christians, as our rights to be a Christian nation, as our rights for abortion. He is fighting us in every arena. Why? Because he's gained momentum. He's sitting on those places. But God already said to us to take dominion, to rule and to reign. It doesn't belong to him. But we as the church have to dethrone him. That's what the fight's about, getting rid of him off illegitimate places, come on, where he's ruling and reigning and he shouldn't be. So God began to show me, see what happened is the enemy has power to give you wealth. Come on, he has power to give you wealth, he has power to give you position, he has power to bless you, come on, he has power, not bless you, but he has power to have good things happen in your life. Only because we haven't taken that off him. You've only got to look at Hollywood. You've only got to look at, in, when you look at music, all those stars, I could list them off. Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, there's a whole line of them that started off Katy Perry as Christians. Come on, God gave them a voice to be blessed and used. And so they sold their soul to the devil. Come on, at some point he said to them, I will give you this, but you have to deny your God. Come on. And so that's what happened. God began to show 
show me that now they have denied him. Come on, they've denied him. Satan's come with a package and said, I'll bless you. Come on, I'll look after you. But you've got to deny your God. And so that's what they did and they were blessed. But I want to tell you, mark my words, within five to six years, it will all come crashing down. Come on, you will see it in the family. You'll see it in the generation. You'll see it in the marriage. Come on, you'll see it somewhere. They'll lose everything and then they will have nothing. But the good thing about God is if we do it right and we do what is just, you will have everything. Come on. Don't settle for a bowl of stew. Come on, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of stew and he was hungry a couple of hours later. Come on, don't sell it. And so don't, when you look and see others being blessed and you look at their life and you say, well, they're not living for God. They're not living. No, because the devil's blessing them. Come on, he's giving them stuff. He's pouring out. And so why? Because they worship him. Come on, you either worship God or you worship the devil. There's no in between. Come on, there's no in between. Yeah, you get further and further, and that's what I've watched happen time and time again. They get further and further away from God, and it seems like all their, you know, you've got to look at these, even these uh, singers. You know, look at Whitney Houston. I just watched on a plane coming back, her life story. What a tragedy. Come on, the, the movie's called Can I Just Be Me? Can I just be me? You know what? I cried through it because I thought, God, you gave her that gift. You blessed her. But she sold out. Come on. She sold out and she never had peace. She made it to the top, but then she realized there's nothing there. It's empty. It had nothing. She had to take drugs and more drugs and more drugs. And now look what happened. Her daughter went the same way. Come on, her daughter went the same way. There's the generational curse coming down. Come on. When God intended for her to be blessed, come on, be happy, to have everything, for a daughter to have everything. Jim Carrey just wasn't, he was just saying, he said that Hollywood is empty and nothing, fame was nothing, money's nothing. He said there's nothing there. Of course there's nothing there. Because we know as a church, come on, the only thing that's going to bring you fulfillment, the only thing that's going to make you happy is God. Come on. But we're in a season now. Come on, guys. I know it's a bit of a harder word. (laughs) But we're in a season where we have to do what is just and right. Come on. God's uncovering everything. Let him uncover it. Come on, let him bring it out. Deal with it. Deal with it because if you deal with the stuff, you will be blessed. It's repeated over and over and over in the world. Listen to this about Cain. It says this, Genesis 4, verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Come on, when you're not walking with the Lord and you've got, he was jealous, another one, jealousy, and all it did is make him angry. Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? See, he thinks God rejected him. God only rejected him because he wasn't doing what was right. Come on, that's the only reason why. And God's telling him, buddy, lighten up. Come on. He's like, if you just do what is right, you'll be accepted. Come on. He's, it didn't make him happy sinning. Come on. It did nothing made him happy. He's downcast. He's, he's raging with jealousy. And God just comes to him and says, listen, if you'll just do what is right, you'll be okay. Simple. Come on. It's really so simple. If we just do what is just and right, you'll be blessed. It'll go well with your children and your children's children. Come on. You'll be blessed. 
if you will just do what is right. And he says this. He said, if you do not do what is right, you will, uh, if you do what is right, you will not, you will be accepted, sorry. But if you do not do what is right, listen to this. Sin is crouching at your door. Come on, sin is crouching at your door. Think about this. It desires to have you. Come on, it desires to have you. Sin is crouching at our door. It desires to have you. He says, but, but, come on, but you must rule over it. You must rule over it. He doesn't say maybe rule over it. Come on. He says you must. You must rule over it because why? The enemy is always crouching at the door. Come on. Sin is crouching at the door. It wants to take over you. It wants to consume you. It wants to wreck your life. That's what the enemy's about. He wants his mission is to take as many with him as he can. He's a destroyer. Come on. He wants to destroy not only you, but your children and your children's children. See, God on the opposite, he's a lifter-upper. He's an encourager. He wants to bless you and your children and your children's children. Come on, he warns him. When you mess with sin, come on, it crouches at your door. It desires to have you. And it says, but you must rule over it. Come on. That's enough for any of us. You must rule over it. God's warning us. It desires. If you mess with sin, if you keep playing with sin, come on, it is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. That's what sin's about. You can't just dabble in it and think, oh, well, I'll be okay. I don't know where people get this grace thing. Yes, God is graceful, but I don't want to play with fire. Come on. Sin wants to have you. And if you keep playing with with it. It desires to overtake you. And God tells it, you must rule over it. There's many areas. I'm just giving examples in our life. When God does seem, doesn't seemingly come through according to our standard, we get mad with him. Come on, you were believing. You had all your hopes on something. This is a lot of things where I see people leave the church or leave God or walk away from God when they had all their hopes pinned on a business or this or something or, or somebody getting healed or, or something happening. And then tragedy comes. It doesn't quite work out how they thought. And so then they lose hope and they lose faith in God. No, 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 don't ever lose hope and faith in him because he's your answer. Come on, you'll still have nothing. You'll be left with even less when you walk away from him. But you just got to trust that everything will work for good. It'll all work out for good. Yes, we get disappointed. David was disappointed. He was discouraged. But what do you do? You strengthen yourself. He didn't promise us a road. He didn't ever say the word, oh, life will be cushy. The church does. Come to Jesus and your life will be wonderful. (laughs) My husband says he's going to do a message on what they didn't tell you on the altar call. The fine print. Bit like if you see Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, 
you know, you want to go into that chocolate factory? It's awesome. Everyone wants to go there. 12 lucky or 10, I don't know how many people get to go in the chocolate factory. And then there's a little clue. You can't even read all the conditions. And the, the one guy goes, I'm not going to sign. He goes, well, you're not coming in. <laughs> That's a bit like with the Lord. Come on. There's all this little fine print. Come, to, Yes, your life will be wonderful, but it's not right now. Come on. You've got generational curses. You've got sin. You've got anger. You've got stuff in your life that God wants you to deal with. So it will go well with you and it won't go down to your generation and it won't go to your children's children. Come on, don't get mad with God. Okay, Lord, there's lots of times in my life I've been disappointed. There's been times where things didn't work out how I thought. My brother died in a car accident, just got saved only months before. As I told you, my family, I had no sense of family. My family was a wreck. And I felt like when he got saved, he was my closest brother. God, you're restoring my family. That's so awesome. He dies in a car accident. Before he's married, before anything, I'm like, it doesn't make sense, God. Why would you do that? And I didn't understand it. I thought everything was being restored. And, you know, but then the Lord spoke to me. I just felt him say, you know what? I felt that he may not have made the Christian walk. He may not have made it. You know, today would be far more sadder for me to know that his life is a mess. He's not walking with the Lord. He's so far away from God. But I have a comfort in knowing I'll see him again. Come on. Is that how I thought it should have worked out? No, I thought he'd get healed. He'd be okay. Things don't always work out, but we just have to trust God in everything. You have to trust him that it'll all work. And there has been disappointments. But I want to tell you, as we said, when we'd been through so much over so many years, when we'd struggled in a marriage, struggled financially, struggled in the ministry, struggled in so many areas, I want to tell you, I can stand here today and say it was all worth it. Come on, it was all worth it. If you'll just stand long enough, if you'll just work through and trust the Lord, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. What's going on right now doesn't make sense. It seems unfair. It seems unjust. It doesn't seem right. But God, I trust you nevertheless that everything will work for my good. You will stand at a point somewhere in your life when you're out of it, when you're clear and you'll say, okay, I still don't understand a lot of it, but I have a peace in knowing that, you know what, it was all that was for my good as well. And it has worked for good. Come on. When you believe in God for financial breakthrough and you think, well, I'm going to do this and do that and God will come through. And he doesn't. So you stop giving. That's not doing what is just and right. Come on. You, you know, we always say we gave our way out of debt. That's how we got out of debt. We gave our way out of debt. Doesn't make sense according to the world. But it did to us. Come on. We gave our way out of debt. We gave and we gave. Because you know what? When you give, when you haven't got, that's what God does. We didn't have a lot. So we had to sow. Come on. We had to keep sowing. We had to keep sowing. We had nothing. We're from no generation. Our family were both, I mean, Greg's parents got saved just before us. But prior to that, all our generations were not Christian. So we've had to fight. And so we had to give our way out of debt. There were times, there was a season when someone told us who was a Christian longer than us and they said to us, no, you don't have to tithe because you're, you're in debt, you haven't got enough money, you just pay all your bills and give God whatever you think of what's left. So we did that for 12 months. We ended up $20,000 worse at the end of the 12 months. Then someone else with more wisdom, come on, 
who knew what was right. This, this person gave us biblical truth. Come on, that's what you have to listen to. The first person, we were baby Christian. We just believed what they said and listened to them because they had been a Christian longer than us. But the second person gave us biblical truth. Come on, if you don't understand giving, if you don't understand tithing, read the Word of God. Study it out. Come on, put in your concordance, giving, tithe, read it all. Read what the, the, Don't read some expert on the internet, okay? Because there's all these experts on the internet. Oh, the church only want your money. Come on. There are all these experts who tell you this stuff. Well, I want to know who that expert is. Let me see the fruit in your life. Are you blessed? Who are they? Are they accountable to anyone? Are they accountable for God? Is there fruit in their life? No. So the, first, the second person showed us the word of God. We could see the fruit in their life. They told us their example. So we started tithing again. And within three months, God gave us $20,000 and totally got rid of that debt. Come on. So you'll never tell us that it doesn't work because we tried both. Come on, it wasn't the way we thought either. Come on, when you get the wrong change, you need to take it back. That's doing what is just and right. Just went to Woolies, uh, to Coles the other day and I realised when I got home they hadn't charged me for something. So I called them up and said, look, I can't get back there. I only realised when I got home that you didn't charge me this. It was in the corner of my truck. The guy nearly fell off the phone. I could hear his like... So what's the problem? Oh, there's no problem. I just wanted to tell you in case, you know, I just wanted to let you know that next time I'm in, I'll pay for it because I wasn't charged for it. He was just shocked. He goes, well, thank you for being so honest. I didn't believe there was honest people left in the world. <laughs> Come on. That's being example. Do you know the other thing I thought about it later? What if there's cam- well, there's Well, there is at checkouts. There's cameras. What if they think I stole that? Come on. It was in the corner. What if they think I, it was under something, my bag or something? What if they thought on their cameras I'd stolen that? That'd be pretty embarrassing, wouldn't it? Uh, find out, newspaper news that, <laughs> come on, the heads of the, the Apostle Julie's been picked up for arrested for shoplifting. <laughs> That'd be for a pack of Tic Tacs now. <laughs> come on. Doing, I was in like, oh my gosh, what if they think that was my first initial? What if they think I stole it? So I rang them up. Come on, if you're given the wrong change, then you go back. Doing what is just and right, paying our taxes. Come on, you need to pay Caesar what's owed to Caesar. Don't cheat God, don't cheat. Jesus said that. Come on, you just got to keep doing what is right. Sin crouches at our door, it desires to have us, but if we rule over it, come on then we will get the victory. This is what I'm going to finish with. This is what God tells us. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people, so we all his people in here? If my people who were called by my name, go on, we're his representation. You're called by his name. You represent him. We have to represent him good and right. If they'll humble themselves, they'll pray, seek my face. If they turn from their wicked ways, then what does he say? He says, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Come on, which means I'll heal your generations, I'll heal your family, I'll heal your bank, I'll heal whatever's your land. God says, if we do what is just and right, come on. He blesses us. He doesn't just give us all these things. Samuel at the end of his life, I love this, 1 Samuel verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. He's about to die, and this is what he does. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I'm old and grey, and my sons are here with you. 
I've been your leader from my youth until this day. Come on, he's been a leader from his youth until now he's old. And says this, here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? For those hand I have accepted a bribe from to make my eyes shut. If I've done any of these things, I will make it right. What an awesome way to finish his life. Come on, he's doing a check. I'm getting old. But you know, we need to check all the time, not because we don't know when the Lord's coming back. Come on. Not just we don't know, you don't know when you're going home. I hope it's not soon. I hope we're all here for the, but we don't know. None of us know. There's no guarantee that you'll be here next week. Or, I'll deal with that sin next week. <laughs> it might be too late next week. Come on. If the Lord calls you, that's it. Then you're gone for eternity. So he's doing a check. I love this. Verse 4 says this. You have not cheated or oppressed us, they replied. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. The fact that he would do the check tells you something about the man. Come on. That he's making sure. I'm going home to be the Lord. I've got to get everything right. Come on. It's like when those big thunderstorms happen. You know, those ones, we had those real scary ones. And we actually called up Sarah and she goes, I thought it was the second coming. I said, I thought that too. It was such a loud bang. When Greg and I looked at it, maybe Jesus is coming back. And then you're like, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. <laughs> Come on. Doing the check just in case. Just in case, come on. But that's how we should be in all our life. Come on, Lord, I want, we're not perfect, but we're being perfected. I want to be better today than I was yesterday, than last year. I want to live my life better, closer to the Lord, doing less things than I did last year, this year. Come on, that's what it's about. Let's stand this morning. You know what? At the end of the day, you want to feel good. Don't you want to feel good at the end of the day? When you get to the end of the day, you want to feel good. Doing what is right always makes you feel good. Because yeah. anyone that doesn't make you feel good when you bless someone, when you do what's right, when you got victory over that sin, come on, when the devil tempted you and you didn't fall for the temptation, you're like, yeah, I did it. Come on, you feel good. But when you sin, you feel bad. Come on, when you're mean and you're nasty, you feel bad. Mean, nasty people just get meaner and nastier. Come on, they feel bad. That's why they're just stuck in a rut. They're mean and nasty, horrible people. They don't know how to get out of their rut, so they just get meaner and they get nastier who wants to feel like that who wants to feel bad about yourself every day at the end of the day come on when we are dealing with stuff you know what if I'm dealing with something and you know what I didn't today today I was good I didn't fall I feel good come on when I'm good to people come on when I'm kind to people you feel good when you bless people you feel good staying home from church from a hangover from sinning you never feel good Get out of bed, get to church, ask forgiveness and feel good again, okay? Say, Lord, yeah, yeah. when you're washed, you feel clean. Come on. 
when you're washed. You never feel clean when you're stinky and smelly and dirty. There's nothing worse when you've been out hard working, you're filthy, dirty. All you want to do is get in a shower. Well, that's what sin is like. When you're living in sin, you just keep feeling filthier and dirtier. Come on, you need to shower yourself in the presence of God. We need to repent of our sin. Come on, God's a loving God. And you're struggling, you say, help me, Lord. Help me. Come on, Holy Spirit is called the helper. He is your helper. Come on, he's there to help you. Some of your Holy Spirits have been out of a job for a long time. He wants to be employed. Come on, you're struggling with sin. You're struggling with anger. You're struggling with this. You're struggling with that. And the Holy Spirit's like, well, I'm here to help you. Come on, you're struggling. And sometimes we don't want to ask because we know that it's going to be hard. Or we know sometimes, you know, God says, I deliver you from your enemies, not your friends. Some of us, sin is our friend. Come on. He promises that he'll deliver us from our enemies, not our friends. Some of us have made sin and our pleasures our friend. We like it. We love our sin. We love our... Come on, unless you get militant and get mad at that sin and begin to hate it. Come on, begin to hate that sin. A righteous anger. Devil, I love it. Many heard me share the war room. When that woman, she realizes, devil, you've been messing with my family. You've been messing with my marriage. Come on, she gets there. She prays. She's angry. She's mad in the beginning at her husband. Their marriage is failing. Everything's going wrong. She begins to seek the Lord and then she directs her anger at the right place. And she gets out there and she says, devil, you today, you get out of my house. Come on. She gives him his charging orders. She stands on the, on the porch and she says, don't you ever come back. I'm telling you right now. Come on. Some of us have to get that righteous anger with our sin. Come on. Say, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. Now work, work, Holy Spirit, help me. Come on, help me. I'm struggling, help me to be strong and you need to get a righteous anger. Holy Spirit, rise up in me. I'm telling you, sin, you're going. Get out of here. You have no place in my life. Come on, I'm gonna do what is just and what is right. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we come before you today. Lord, I thank you that you love us. I thank you, Lord, that you have no favorites. It doesn't matter, Lord, whatever here today, where everybody, is that you have no favorites you're not blessing one more than now the only reason you bless is when people are doing what is just and right that's what your word says father i want you to help me holy spirit i thank you that you are my helper help me today help me to an i'm good week help me to overcome these areas of sin and devil i'm telling you today you don't belong in my life you don't belong in my family you don't belong in any part i'm giving you your marching orders today, you're going to go in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I thank you. You're raising up a righteous church. You're raising up a church that will love you, that'll do what is right, that'll do what is just, that will be an example for you, Father God. Lord, let me be a light. Let me be an example. Father, I thank you today. We're going to war with the sin in our life, Father God. Because-